is ghostwriting anyway? My guest today helps unmask the work of ghostwriters. If you want to find out more about ghostwriting, or if you're an entrepreneur who is wondering about hiring a ghostwriter to help you write your business book, this one's for you. Welcome to the Unlocked Creative. Has it been on your heart to write and self-publish a book? It's simpler than you think to become a published author. Hi, I'm Siobhan, and after decades of having a first draft, I finally decided to take my power back and bring my book to life. In less than three months, I was able to self-publish my first book, and my mission is to help you to do the same. In this podcast, you'll learn how to start writing, find time to write, get unstuck and find motivation, learn the complete process of writing a book, uncover your unique story and who you're writing for, self-publish and market your first book. You can do anything with your God-led creativity. If you are ready to step into unlocking your own potential in your life, you are in the right place. I'm your girl. Grab your cat, your coffee, and turn on your computer. Let's write. So you're curious about ghostwriting, what it is and how it works, or you're an entrepreneur who wants to hire a ghostwriter to write your business book, but you want to know more before leaping in. Either way, today's guest is going to make the unseen seen. Emily Crookston is a former philosophy professor and now the founder of The Pocket PhD, where she helps busy professionals and mavericks who have a lot of ideas but are short on time essentially write books. When she's not writing intensely, she's most likely practicing yoga intensely. She lives for coffee shops that play great music to write to and desserts topped with real whipped cream. Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks, Siobhan. I'm really happy to be here. Can you tell me a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. So I'm a ghostwriter. I like to say I'm the ghostwriter for Rebels, Renegades and Mavericks. Um, I love helping experts and professionals and people in various industries write their books. And usually that's going to be a business book. I usually say personal development or business development type books. I get in there with you and, and pull out your ideas and ask you a bunch of questions and help you figure out, you know, what this book is going to look like. So that's what I do most of the time. I also edit and I have a few LinkedIn services that I'm just starting to provide for people. Excellent. Can you tell us a little bit more about what ghostwriting is? Yeah, sure. So basically, I help you formulate your ideas, but the the difference between like a, a ghostwriter and say a book coach or something like that um, is that I do the bulk of the writing. The way I do it is I meet with my clients once a week. We talk through different pieces of the book. I go away and write for 10 or 20 hours a week, and then they will typically do some of the editing or they'll have me do the editing later. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses, and not everybody is a great writer. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, writing isn't going to be probably the main you know, source of your revenue. It's not going to be the main thing that you're all about. So I think having a ghostwriter uh, to help you do that part can really help. And I like to say that I help you sound like you know yourself on your very best writing day. Uh, you might be good at writing, you might uh, write sometimes, but it might take you a really long time. And so I can really save you a lot of time when it comes to getting the writing done. And how did you become a ghostwriter? 
Yeah, that's a question I get a lot. I don't think there are lots of people who, you know, when since they were five years old, they've dreamed of being a ghostwriter. Um, and that's the case with me. A lot of ghostwriters I talk to, they just kind of discover it kind of the same way I did. Uh, I used to be a philosophy professor. Uh, so I was teaching and I was ready to leave academia and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I started to ask myself, you know, what did I want to do before I wanted to be a philosophy professor? Uh, and the answer was when I was 13, I liked marketing. So it happened that a friend was looking for marketing help and she actually introduced me to the whole idea of ghostwriting. She has a web development company and she needed blog posts for her website and she also had several clients and she wanted blog posts for them. So that's how I got started, really ghost blogging. Uh, and at a certain point I said, well, you know, if I want to make a good living doing blogging, that's a lot of blogs. I have to write like 10 blogs a week. Uh, and that sounded exhausting. So I started just pitching myself as being able to do longer projects. So that's how I got into book ghostwriting. Do you, as a ghostwriter, come up with the ideas for books? No, my authors bring me the ideas. So that's really the only requirement I have to work with me. I require my clients to come with a working outline, some kind of outline, because for me, and I've done projects where, you know, I had really just a title for a book and a really rough outline, like, like topics of chapters. And, you know, that I, with that client, I talked to her about five minutes a week while I was working with her. And that was a really difficult project for me. I really felt like I was, I was trying to come up with her ideas and it really doesn't work that well. So, you know, I prefer to work with the expert. And the point is that it's, these are your ideas. That's how it's your book and not mine. I'm just kind of the megaphone for your ideas. So the more, interaction and collaboration I get with authors, um, the better and the better result in the end. And you mentioned an outline there. What exactly does an outline include? Yeah, I, I think of it as, you know, the the big themes that you want the book to be expressing, uh, and then basically chapter titles or chapter ideas. I don't need like a very detailed outline. And I always say, you know, it's a working outline, it can change as we keep working. But I just want to see kind of a big picture of the book before we get started on it. So we're both kind of on the same page about where we're headed. And I'm happy to work with people to figure out more specifically what the book can look like and it will take shape as we talk about it. But seeing that initial big picture really makes me feel comfortable that we're going to be able to get that book finished. I feel like some people listening will be wondering, if I have a ghostwriter, am I a real author? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a, a question that I think about a lot because I really want my clients to own their books. You know, the book that I talked about where it was basically me and Google writing it and I had very few details to go on. I just thought for that client, how could you confidently talk to the media about this book when you really don't know what's in it? You mm -hmm. know, and that worries me, you know, because I really want my clients to feel like the book is theirs when it's finished. Because if you don't feel like it's yours, there's going to be so much hesitation for promotion, so much hesitating around, you know, talking about the book and, and doing the things that you need to do to be successful as an author. So because these ideas are yours, and I always encourage my clients to be as involved in the writing as they want to be. If they want to write half a chapter, I'm totally cool with that. And then I can do, even do a bit of the editing 
sort of add the the jokes and add in the little flares that make it really stand out. But I'm happy working that way. So as long as I think, you know, those ideas are yours. And when you're reading it, you're like, yeah, that sounds like me. Uh, I think, you know, absolutely, you're the author. And I'm, I'm happy to be in the background. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really collaborative. It is. Yeah. yeah. If someone wants to be a ghostwriter, because I think some people listening now are thinking, oh, this sounds like a really interesting pathway. Yeah. What would you say are the top three qualities and sort of skills that they need to have? Yeah, this is a really good question. Yeah, so my particular style is very collaborative. I know not all ghostwriters work that way, but I actually think the collaborative uh, style works really well for ghostwriting because, I again, I think you can be very – uh, nervous and stressed if all you have to go on is a, like a title for a book and you're trying to write this whole book yourself. Um, so I think collaboration is a really important skill, or at least being open to collaboration with an author is really helpful. I also think curiosity is a really important skill. You know, you have to make something out of nothing a lot of times. You know, you have to build on very small pieces of information, or, you know, they might have blog posts written that they want to turn into to an entire chapter of a book, you know, and the, the length of the blog would only be, you know, a third of the chapter or a fifth of the chapter. I mean, you've got to expand on that. So that takes a lot of curiosity. Um, that's what's going to lead you to the research that really enhances the book. That's going to lead you to ask the right questions so you can pull more information out of the author and, and use things to build those chapters. I also think critical thinking the best books are very clear because they have a really clear structure and that takes a really sharp thinker to say, okay, how do I move from chapter one to chapter five? You know, what are the dots in between that I need to connect? That takes a lot of really good thinking work. And of course, all of this is on top of being a really good writer. <laughs> Obviously, you need to be an excellent writer uh, to be a ghostwriter. And importantly, I think you need to be a fast writer for it to really be lucrative and a good job prospect or a good thing to offer as a service. Do you work with people who write nonfiction or fiction? Can you tell us what sort of mediums you write in, like blogs, articles, interviews, or do you mainly help people with writing their books? Yeah, so mainly I work with people on business books and all nonfiction. So that could be a thought leadership type book, personal development, business development, those types of things. A how-to book uh, are the main things that I write. But I also do quite a bit of blogging. Um, but one of the LinkedIn services I mentioned includes blog posts. So two blog posts a month, plus your LinkedIn content around those blog posts. And those are, you know, also in the business space. And it's, it's very practical. It's very realistic and very much around like, here are some tips for doing X, Y, and Z. The new thing I did this year is create some TEDx talks for people. Um, and I found that to be really fun. And that's a really nice challenge because often people have, you know, they have their little paragraph that they sent to the TED people to get accepted <laughs> to give the talk, but they don't have a lot of meat usually uh, on the bone there. Um, so that's been kind of fun. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, for TEDx, there are pretty strict 
sort of requirements. I mean, not very strict, but you have 20 minutes to talk. And, you know, depending on your reading speed, that's about 1800 words. Um, we need to come up with a catchy title. We need to come up with a catchy intro. I like to have something connecting you personally uh, at the beginning to get the audience attention in the very beginning. I know also that with TED Talks, the, the most successful ones are ones that make the audience laugh within the first 30 seconds. So I always try to add a bit of a joke at the beginning to, meant to get the audience laughing. But what I love is that most of the time people are writing their TED Talks, it's kind of a signature talk. It's a lot about their origin stories. The one I'm writing right now is with a couple of guys who were uh, commercial fishers in Alaska and decided to give up their con commercial fishing business and, and start this e-commerce business is what they've got going now. You know, their stories are like, you know, I had this $300,000 ship and the wind came up and rolled the boat over. And I said, well, there goes my savings. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is incredible stories. And uh, the, just I love the journey of, you know, I did this thing. It didn't work out. So I became an entrepreneur and now I'm making millions. You know, that kind of story is really fascinating to me. And I get to write about it a lot with the TED Talks. <laughs> and on the note of money, what is the investment like in hiring a ghostwriter like you? Yeah, so there's a huge range here. You know, when I first started, I thought, oh, well, I could write a book for, I think my first project, I, I charged the person like $2,000 or $3,000, which is very, very low. And, you know, <laughs> maybe you can find someone to do your, to write your book for you for under 10K, but you have to think about the quality. That's probably not a very experienced ghostwriter. Um, I would say the range is probably, you know, realistically between 30K and 50K. Um, for a good ghostwriter. And I know that some ghostwriters writing for like celebrities, it's like 100k or more. Um, so there's a pretty big range. And what are the steps that you would go through usually when somebody approaches you for ghostwriting services? Uh, we'd start with a discovery call just to, you know, get my head wrapped around what you're trying to do to see if uh, really I'm trying to see if you are actually ready to write your book, if it's a good time for you to be writing a book. One of the first questions I always ask is, do you have a business case for your book? Because everybody has a book idea out there. You meet 10 people, you'll get 10 book ideas. Um, but the question is whether it makes business sense for you to write your book. Because a lot of people who have never written a book before uh, and are thinking about self-publishing a book don't realize that you, you're not going to make your money back on book sales in most cases. Most books, the average is sells like 500 books over the lifetime of the book. So, you know, I've got to kind of do a bit of feeling out to see uh, how realistic their expectations are, what their goals are, and whether those align with what I can do. From there, if it's a good fit, then I'm going to ask for the outline. I'm going to create an editorial calendar that sort of maps out how we're getting from point A to point B. My process is 16 weeks. I like to get the entire draft done in the first eight weeks. So I'll map that out on the calendar. And then we have plenty of time. We've got a full eight weeks to edit and move things around and make any changes so that it's really an amazing book. From there, the author takes it and does all the promotion, puts it on Amazon, self-publishes 
publishes it however they want to. I have resources that I also share with authors um, for what happens after the book is done and it's ready to be published. Um, But that's the typical process. Do you get any credit in the writing process at all? Things like the front matter of the book or how does that work? Yeah, so I extend full confidentiality to my clients. So I need not be anywhere in the front matter, anywhere in the book, in the acknowledgements or anything like that. Um, I do have some really generous clients who have thanked me um, in their introductions or in their acknowledgement sections. And I always very much appreciate that. In fact, one of the things that I want to start talking more about is how I think you know, ghostwriting should come out of the closet in some some ways. You know, I think uh, we outsource so many things in our businesses. Why should we pretend that we don't outsource the writing in a lot of cases? And, you know, that's kind of my personal feeling. But I understand that clients have their reasons for not wanting to reveal that they used a ghostwriter. Um, so I do extend full confidentiality to people. Now, you've probably seen your fair share of books. So can you tell us why some books hit the New York Times bestsellers while better books don't? Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Um, so I was recently listening to Tim Ferriss talk about his book journey. So he wrote the was it the four hour work week? That book came out back in 2007, but it's kind of had a resurgence because everyone's talking about like the value of work. And that book has a lot of, a lot about, you know, prioritizing life versus work and where to draw the lines and things like that. But his book was on the New York Times bestseller list for, I think, four years. And I think it's sold like 2 million copies, if I'm getting the numbers right. Um, but I was listening to him. The interview is like a masterclass in marketing your book. Um, because basically what he did was go to a bunch of successful authors, authors who were on the New York Times bestseller list or authors that he knew, and he just asked them a bunch of questions. You know, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? How did you market your book? And so he basically created an experiment. And back in 2007, what he did was he gave copies of his book to every influential blogger he could think of. And he bookmarked, you know, here's the section to talk about, here's what you should say, you know, he gave them everything they needed. So it was easy for them to promote his book for free. And I don't think that that method can work these days. But there, you know, the difference is in the all about the promotion, I think it's, you know, finding, uh, figuring out how to talk about your book on social media, figuring out where, you know, how to get people on the pre-order list for Amazon. I think one of the big things that authors miss is how much of that work they have to do after the book is finished. You know, they think they've run the marathon once the book is finished, but really they're just getting started. And so, yeah, I, I really think that when you see a book that's like amazing, you're like, why isn't this a bestseller? In a lot of cases, it's because it hasn't been marketed in the best way. Um, and that's, you know, kind of just a fact of the life about the publishing world is that you've got to get the eyeballs on your book uh, in order to sell that. I think it's 25,000 copies um, to get on the bestseller list. Obviously, if you have a huge audience, 100,000 people or something, then it's you know a lot easier. Um, but yeah, it comes down to promotion. What are the biggest book writing mistakes that we can avoid? Yeah, some of the big mistakes. I think having a book that's longer than it needs to be. Like readers are smart. They can recognize when something is 
padded, you know, and there's just no reason to extend the length of the book um, beyond what you what you can really say. Um, so I'd say avoid the padding. Um, also, I think every business book I've written has some elements of personal story, even if it's client stories. It doesn't necessarily have to be about the author themselves, um, but some kind of story because it, no matter how great you are at explaining the how-to or no matter how wonderful your thought leadership writing is, authors or readers rather need a little break. They need a break from the, you know, straightforward nuts and bolts, give them a little bit of a an illustration of the point you're trying to make. Um, so I would say, you know, don't shy away from talking about your clients. Don't shy away from talking about your personal story. Uh, if it fits, if it's relevant uh, to what you're talking about. And Emily, how do we find you? So you can find me on my website, which is thepocketphd.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Emily Crookston, and I am on Twitter at EM Crookston. Thank you so much, Emily, for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Siobhan. And that was Emily Crookston, who helps busy professionals and mavericks who have a lot of ideas but are short on time to write books. Now, if you've decided that you'd rather write your book yourself, but you're not sure where to start or how to finish your first book draft, sign up for the Writer Unlocked course now. In the course, you'll start writing, make it a habit, and actually finish your book draft. Join now by going to theunlockedcreative.com slash courses. Or if you're more of a book person, you can get the book version or two because Christmas is just around the corner. Order the Writer Unlocked print or ebook on Amazon. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode email me hello at theunlockedcreative.com. If you got value out of today's show, please take a minute to tell a friend. Till next time, take care.